Well, good morning. I want to talk to you about just living by faith, but not just living by faith, but making sure that we don't just believe things, but we believe the true things. How do you stand on the time-tested truth of the gospel, of the word of God, when everything around you seems to be shifting and changing? Um, a pastor that I was listening to, he said that I, he spent some years in law school. He said, I spent so much time studying the law, and then I went to take the exam, and on that day, the law changed. And he's just like, I, I do not like this. He's like, maybe I should find myself a new career. And he did. He became a pastor. But anyway, that aside, <laughs> um, I want to read a passage, and then I'm going to call you to prayer. The passage is from uh, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to verse 32. If you brought your Bible, I encourage you to open up your Bible. If you don't, it's going to be here on the screen. So Romans uh, 1, uh, verse 16 and this is going to be from the ESV translation. And it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to, Jew, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God's plain is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for Im images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of, about God for a lie and worshiped and serve the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the man likewise gave up natural relationship, uh, relations rather, with women and were consumed with passions for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to, to a debased mind to do what, it, what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteous evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, mal maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Well, that was heavy, so I think we need to pray, okay? 
Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word and for the conviction that comes through your word. And I pray right now, God, the Holy Spirit might come, God, and quicken, Father, your word, and you change and transform us, and you restore us, God. And Father, that we would trust what you say about us, Lord. And Father, we trust your word, Lord God, and not trust uh, the things that we see in our culture, Lord God. Father, you are the eternal God. Father, you are the eternal truth, and we want to stand on the promises that you've given us, Lord. And I ask you right now that as we do, uh, uh, go into this passage, I ask you that you convict us, you restore us, you renew us, transform us, Lord God. And my Jesus, we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you ever had a moment in your life where you re- lost reference, you know how confusing that can be. For example, if you pull up to a traffic stop and you're on your phone, which you shouldn't be, and then the traffic starts to move, you automatically get paranoid because you're like, what's happening? What happened was the reference point that you had for that moment has shifted and because of that confused you. I lived in the village when I was growing up and there was a, a person in our village that he just did things very differently. So he needed a part, a pipe that was this long. And typically people would just take a tape measure and measure it and then go to junkyard and then just figure out how much of a part he needs. However, he lived right next to the junkyard, so he's thinking like, well, I'm just gonna walk like this to the junkyard. So as, they, as he was walking, somebody shouted at him, said, hey, and he looked, hey, and then he was just doing this because he lost the reference that he had for the part that he was to get. To get. Why, because these things change so constantly, like you can't, just based on this, right? You have to have a standard or a measurement, like a tape measure, like something like an empirical system, or maybe if you're in Europe, um, the, the millimeters and centimeters and all of that, right? When I used to work at Boeing, we built planes according to that standard, to inches and feet and so on. But imagine if people decided, <laughs> Who needs those things? They're so confusing. They still don't make sense to me because I came from everything's in 10 to feet, how many inches in a foot, and I'm like, why is there 12? And that's not the point. The point is you have to have a standard by which you measure parts. And then we had what was a level of tolerance where the part had to be, could be within that tolerance and still be considered acceptable. Right? There has to be a standard. We have no problem accepting that when it comes to physics, for example, you don't just pull in front of a truck thinking, you know, maybe it's true for them that the truck is bigger, but it's not true for me. No, you, you don't do that kind of thing. You don't jump off a building thinking, well, maybe some people think that they can not fly, but I can. No, those things are very set. Those things are very constant. Imagine if pilots decided the feet don't matter, and like <laughs> a thousand feet to use, to me it's different. Well, you kind of want to know if you're a thousand feet off, off the ground or you're 10. That's kind of important, you know. Imagine if you went to a surgeon, and the surgeon's like, well, you want us to take out your appendix? Well, okay, well, we'll just start with your foot. It's like, why are you cutting there? Well, what does it matter where we cut? Well, it matters where you cut. Right? So those things to us make total sense because the consequences of those things, of ignoring natural law and gravity and physics, they're sort of immediate. If you ignore the law of gravity, you'll find out the consequence 
at the speed of how fast you can hit the ground. Right? So if you decide to ignore the, the law of you know, physics, that will have consequences in your life. If things change when we talk about spiritual things, when we talk about the moral th- uh, law, for, for whatever reason, we have decided that those things are up in the air and we can decide what is good and what is evil. And if you remember, that was the initial sin of humanity. They wanted to decide for themselves what is right and what is not right. And because they did not want to serve God, what God says about humanity, because of that, we are, the, the result of that is just brokenness and sin and evil and murder and rape and so on. But you see, today's culture, we are, you know, we're just more educated, you know. We can decide for ourselves. Do we now? Because this is not what this passage is saying. This passage is saying that, that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who by their, by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. That is a, a, a truth about ourselves is that every single one of us, we have a corrupt nature and we like to suppress the truth. If you don't believe me, listen to yourself the next time you gossip about someone. Your voice even changes. You know, I don't want to them. I'm like, please understand me. And they're like, no, I will not understand you. And that's how you talk about other people. But you give yourself grace. Why? Because you are skewering the truth. You are trying to defend yourself while you're trying to vilify the other person. You lie yourself every single time you've sinned and you know you should go to God for forgiveness and ask him for repent, uh, to, uh, and repentance to ask him for forgiveness. You know you should be doing that, but you're thinking, well, but you know what? I got to prove to God that I can do better. So I'm going to take a few days and just show God that I'm serious this time. You always defend yourself. We always defend ourselves. We always try to suppress the knowledge of the truth. I honestly believe that a lot of people that reject God, it's not because they're convinced of the arguments, but because it's not convenient to know that God exists. Because if God exists, you have to live according to his principles. You have to live according to his truth and not yours. And we live in a society that, you know, is that your truth? Is that your truth? Because, you know, we live in a society of relative truth. But the truth of God and what actual truth is, is absolute. There are laws that we can't change. And the faster we accept that, the better. And you know why? Because if ignoring the law of gravity can cause you to be killed, ignoring the spiritual laws, ignoring God can literally destroy you for eternity, not for just this life alone. So Apostle Paul makes it very clear. Now, of course, this is not exactly the most happy passage, but he is onto something here. And the something here is that if you don't retain God in your, in your life, you will give into sin. I remember I walked up to my, uh, the, the president of our college and I was talking to him about just my testimony. And I told him, I'm like, you know, I thought if I just pursued truth, then I will find God. And he looked at me and says, that's horrible. Why would you do that? And I'm like, what's wrong with that? He says, don't you understand the pursuit of truth without a pursuit of Christ 
you're still left to your own devices. You're still left to your sinful nature. So no, you won't find truth because you will be deceived. You will deceive yourself and then you'll have a culture that is trying to deceive you and also you have the enemy who's out to deceive you. You can't pursue truth outside of pursuing Christ because you, you, you know what? Christ is the truth. God is the standard. You can't pursue truth outside of Christ. Now you could study God's truth. Math is God's truth. Physics is God's truth. You can live on borrowed capital while claiming that God doesn't exist. You can, you know, study in God's truth. But at the same time, we shouldn't be afraid of going to study these fields. If God is the source of all truth, that should give us liberty to study all things. Right? So he goes on to say, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and, and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. And says, well, Apostle Paul says, even if you claim that God doesn't exist, God has made himself known in nature. His eternal power is seen for all of you. How do I know this building had an architect? Well, I haven't met him. I don't remember when this building was built, but there's a building and I know that a building requires an architect. So I know the architect and engineer exists on this building. How do I know God exists? Because we have a world with design, with that, that, that shows the fingerprints, if you will, of something, someone that is greater than our, our minds, right? And here's the, the crazy part. He says, and they, meaning the people they've ignored God, are left without excuse. So when you get before the God, you can't claim, oh, you know what? Um, you know, like, I would believe, God, I would have believed in you if you dropped a rock in front of me that said, believe. And God could look back at you and say, well, I did. It's called, I actually did that twice, called the Ten Commandments. Right, right? So, so you can't argue with God. God left you without excuse. Of course, I'm so thankful that you're here this morning. But if you hear God's word, one day you will have to give an account for what you heard. And you have an apply to your life. You see, the funny thing about reference points is that if they change, they confuse us. But if we see them clearly, they also help us. If you ever walked by a mirror and you were scared of yourself, it's most likely because last time you looked in the mirror, you didn't look like that, right? So if you ate a lot of salt and you slept overnight and then you just went, right? And you look in the mirror like, whoa. The reason you know that's not what you look like is because you had a reference what you should look like. If you put a, ladies, if you put a mask on, you're not, not those kind of masks. I'm talking about like the, I don't know how to, I'm not gonna go into that. The point is, if you walk by a mirror and you look differently, or if you just do one of those things, you know, that you look in the mirror and you're like, man, what happened? <laughs> um, you have like, you know, um, creases on your face. Um, <laughs> that wrinkles and you ste steer deeply into your soul and you're like, where has the time gone? Like what happened? The reason you know that is because you weren't, you didn't look like that before. So you have a reference point of what you looked like. 
And I want to give you some hope that if you felt like that in the mornings, so you're not alone. That's part of my morning routine too. <laughs> But the point is, you know this stuff because you had a reference to what you should look like. If you woke up in the morning, you had a big swelling, you have no idea where you got it from, you automatically know that something is wrong. And I need to go and fix this. I need to go to the doctor and see what's, what's happening to my face. The reason you know that is because you had a reference of what it wasn't like that. Right? So, knowing truth, knowing God's truth, whenever we step out of line and spiritually we are sick, every single time we have our morning or nightly routine, where we get in front of the Word of God, which is the mirror that shows our soul, and we realize that we are stepping out of bounds, something's seriously wrong. That is the power of the Word of God. It can be the mirror. They show us our true condition, right? For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give Him thanks, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. So the whole time they're claiming to be so smart, but yet they became fools and they started, instead of worshiping God, who's the source of all life, who's the source of all joy, who's the source of all comfort, they have made upon themselves idols out of birds and animals and wooden trees and, and all of those things. And maybe you don't wake up in the morning and you worship your, your pet. I mean, some people do. But maybe you don't make idols out of that, but you made idols maybe out of your career, out of your girlfriend or boyfriend, out of... Out of your you know, car, maybe your house, your popularity. And you've exchanged the glorious image of an amazing God, of an eternal God, for things that are temporary. And then you wonder why your life is so defeated because the things that are temporary just have failed you. Therefore, that God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of, about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than Creator, who is blessed forever. And amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For women exchanged their natural relations to those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relationships relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men receiving themselves the due penalty for their error. If you wonder what's happening in our culture today, is this, is because we've forgotten the conclusions coming from the truth of God and we've decided for ourselves what's good and what's right. We have had a sexual revolution and then a, and a homosexual revolution and then you have a transgenderism revolution And people are defining themselves as 76 gender at the same time. And it, it would be funny if it wasn't so sad because we're talking about people who have eternal souls here. They have eternal, they're, they're eternal beings. And the enemy has deceived them and the church hasn't done better in telling them the truth because they were too afraid to, to preach the gospel, to preach what God has said about these things. Churches, I mean, I'm on TikTok, so I see a lot of pastors get up there and they, and they defend what the culture does. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, how is everyone supposed to go to war, right? Like, if the church is not preaching the word of, of God, how, you wonder why we have a generation that is so confused, is because we've lost all kinds of reference points. 
And we don't spend time actually going every single night looking in the mirror and saying, God, where have I stepped out of bounds? Where have I not followed you? God, where is there abnormality on my spiritual life that I've ignored for such a long time because I haven't looked into your word? That's what's happening with our generation. Verse 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to debased mind to do what ought not to be done. This is God's judgment. People say, oh, God's going to judge America. Yeah, that kind of already started. He says, God gave them up. This is God's judgment in America or any other country for that matter that accepts this. This is God's judgment giving people who have decided not to have anything to do with God. Because if you remember 1900s, right, the whole like postmodernism started, your truth might not be my truth and relative truth and all of that. And then we had these things and God, this is God's judgment saying that God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were fulfilled with all the manners of unrighteous, uh, unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, mal maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful. Does that kind of describe our society today? Because I think it's pretty dead on. Inventors of evil, inventors of evil, people finding ways to be evil, disobedient to their parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Just watch the news. Those, uh, though they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Talk about Gay Pride Month in June, a whole month of celebrating this deception. Not only they have done this, but they approve. And now if you don't approve of it, well, that's problematic. Now you're the problem. Now, if you're sick and tired of hearing the bad news, just, just wait, there's good news, I promise. I'm not here to be an extension of Fox News and CNN. I'm here to tell you there is good news. And we do tell people the truth, not because we don't love them, but because we love them. And we tell the truth with gentleness and respect. And the good news is that we have Jesus, who Jesus says this, that I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, if you hold on to my teachings, John 8, 31, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That is the good news. If you have a friend that, like mine, who has taken my car and I was about to go preach, it was a youth ministry service and and he calls me, he's like, hey, bro, um, just wanted to know, where, where, where's your insurance? And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, no, I just, just don't worry about it. Where's your insurance? And I'm like, just going crazy. I'm like, did they get into a car accident? You know, and he literally just hung up on me, right? And then somebody calls me, another friend calls me, and he's like, bro, by the way, I want to tell you, this guy's going to call you. He wants to prank you. They supposedly got into an accident. Don't believe him, you know? And the next time they called, I was like, oh, <laughs> nice try. Yeah, that, that was very funny. I try not, make sure next time you don't do it before service, I'm just saying, because I got really angry. 
right? But I mean, that was just something that we did on Friday. If I was supposed to preach on Friday, something would happen. I did get a ticket or somebody would get me angry or something, something always happened. So I just sort of expected it for that, for that evening. But that aside, what happened there was when I knew, when I didn't know that that was a lie, when I didn't know the truth, that lie had a power over me that I just could not break. Imagine if that friend didn't tell me the truth. Right? I would have probably went there trembling, thinking, what happened? What, what's happening? Like, I, I, my mind would not be in preaching. But the moment I found out that was a lie, that broke the power of that lie. So when Jesus says, if you hold on to my teachings, you are my, my, really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. A lot of times in modern day and age, we talk about conservatives and liberals like, don't be a liberal, be a conservative. But the truth of the matter is the first church, the, the first century church, they were, considered, they were considered extremely liberal. They were coming from these orthodox Jewish culture and now they're talking about how everyone's a sinner and everyone can find themselves in Christ. And this is not only for the Jews, but for Gentiles. And to a Jewish Orthodox person, that was just crazy. To them, that was extremely liberal. Right? Today, it's sort of almost the opposite, right? Where we just sort of look at liberals like, oh, this is, this is horrible. Because liberalism unchecked with the truth of God, this is the result of that. The question is not for us to go and put a whole bunch of rules and, and say, okay, you're going to follow this. No, for us, what we need to do is tell the truth with love, gentleness, and respect. And the truth will set people free where it needs to, and the truth will also set boundaries where there needs to be boundaries. Right? That is the, the hope of the gospel. So before I call you to prayer, I want to ask you this, is what are the lies that you've been believing and if you don't think, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm in the right party. I am in the right time. And I don't really think I'm being deceived right now. Well, of course, nobody wakes up in the morning thinking I'm going to go and attend the congregation of the deceived. Nobody does that. The truth of the problem is with being deceived is you don't know what's happening. But you know how you know it's happening? When you go into the Word of God and you see how things ought to be. And as a reference when it comes to you looking in the mirror and you know what your face should look like, that's how you know you have toothpaste on, right? Like by knowing that your face, that toothpaste doesn't belong there, right? So same thing here. When we go to the revealing word of God, I, I heard somebody say, you know, it's like everyone talks about God and God's word, but the truth of the matter is that I just have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, the Word became flesh. Remember that part? Jesus is the Word. And as you spend time in His presence, you will change. I want to read this last verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18. says this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is Spirit. So as we look unto Jesus, we are taking on 
his manner of how he treats people, his characteristics. As we spend time in his word, and we spend more and more time just with him, just like looking in the mirror, we behold the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I'm encouraged this morning that if you have been trying to make your way in life thinking that you are going to just chase the truth, you are not going to know the truth unless you have a reference to measure every single fact of your life up against it. And that reference is God, is the eternal truth of God, is God as revealed in His Son, Jesus Christ. It is the conviction that we get from the Holy Spirit. That is the eternal truth revealed in our lives. And as we are walking with Him daily, we are able to see when we're stepping out of line. We're able to see when we're stepping and following after desires of our hearts instead of what God has planned for us. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning if you can. I'm going to ask you to just kind of do a search of your heart. And uh, we're going to, I think, go back into worship here in a second. But I'm going to ask you if you have been trusting the news or your party for knowing the truth is that you would do a re reassessing of your life and saying, God, I, I've been ignoring your word, your presence. Thank you for listening to this podcast and my hope is that this message inspired you to live in light of eternity. Please make sure to subscribe and it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review this podcast. If you have an event that you'd like me to speak at, I would love for you to reach out to me via my website. You can also support this ministry via Patreon or the website. Thank you again and God bless.